The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. Dear listeners, celebration for this year's Spring Festival is already underway across China, and we would like to invite you to join this festive and cheerful culture event with Special English. For this week's program, we'll share some fun customs related to this important traditional Chinese holiday and their cultural background. The speed might be slow, but the fun is real. For today's program, we'll get to know how Chinese people greet each other during the Spring Festival and their leisure activities at this special time of the year. How do we greet each other? During the Chinese New Year, as you may know, the Chinese people are now celebrating one of the most important festivals of the year. That is the traditional Chinese New Year or Spring Festival. Today, I want to talk about something. That every Chinese must do during this festival, it's called Bai Nian in Chinese, which means to pay a Chinese New Year's visit, or extend a Chinese New Year's greeting. Similar to the holiday season in the West, the Chinese New Year. Is actually an extended period of time. In a way, the festival kicks off on the eighth day of the twelfth month of the lunar year, and would last until the fifteenth day of the first lunar month of the new year. So, it's almost a month long. Affair before New Year's Eve, it is called an early greeting of the Chinese New Year, Bai Zao Nian, with Zao meaning early. The fifteenth day of the first lunar month, however, is the Lantern Festival, after which the whole celebration of the Chinese New Year. Will officially conclude. Now you might think that I'm overcomplicating things. It's just about giving New Year's greetings, right? But it does claim a unique and long tradition. It is said that in ancient times there was a monster called Nian that would come out on the night. Of the thirtieth day of the twelfth lunar month, and ate people from door to door. To defend themselves, people had to hang meat outside their door, and lock themselves inside, hoping they would be spared. So on the morning of the New Year's Day. When people woke up and found everyone to be safe and sound, they would bow to each other 
and extend their greetings, expressing their happiness and conveying their good wishes. So this is said to be the very origin of giving New Year's greetings in China. Historical records show that during the Qing and Han dynasties over 2,000 years ago, this custom was already very popular among the people. Gradually, the custom became even more popular among officials and in royal courts. Later on, more and more specific rituals and etiquette were added to this custom. In the Song Dynasty, about 1,000 years ago, extending New Year's greetings was not only for ordinary people to celebrate the New Year, exchange ideas, and strengthen familial bonds, but was also a means for upper-class society to mingle and build up interpersonal relations. Then, during the Ming Dynasty, about 500 years ago, new forms were added to this custom. People began sending New Year greeting cards with elaborate and exquisite designs. I know, it sounds very normal for us, but this was over 500 years ago. And on the greeting cards, people would print not only the name and address of the senders, but also lucky words or good wishes, like Happy New Year, Good Luck, or Good Fortune, and so on. All right, now back to modern times. How do Chinese people offer their New Year's greetings nowadays? Usually, on the morning of the Chinese New Year Day, when the kids are up, they should first pay New Year's greetings to their elders and wish them good health, longevity, and all the best. The elders, after receiving the greetings, would give out red envelopes stuffed with lucky money, which is called Hongbao in Chinese. When people meet outside, they would also greet each other with New Year's greetings, saying auspicious wishes, such as Gong Shi Fa Cai, wish you wealth and prosperity. Da Ji Da Li, may you have great luck and great profit. Nian Nian Yao Yu, may you have abundance every year. Such greetings usually last for three to five days and may even be stretched to the 15th day of the first lunar month, the Lantern Festival, which, as I mentioned, is the official ending as well as the finale 
of the whole spring festival celebration. Another common practice during the New Year period is to invite your neighbors, relatives, and friends over for dinners or drinks. Whether or not your invitation is accepted is not as important. It's common etiquette to make the offer. The spring festival holiday is normally filled with many planned or unplanned visits. Some of them are courtesy visits, which mainly refer to visits paid by the younger generation to elderly in the family, or students paying visits to their teachers or masters. Some visits are to express gratitude, maybe to one's doctor or lawyer. Anyone who gave you great help and support in the past year. There are simple door-to-door -door visits which take place in one's local community. So I've summed up some ideas on spring festival traditions and etiquette. There is also a common saying that li duo jen bu guai, courtesy is never to blame, or bringing gifts will never be blamed. So if you feel overwhelmed with so many traditions and you cannot remember the etiquette, no worries. Simply take a slight bow with your hands folded in the front and say some auspicious words. That would also be great. This is Special English. You've been listening to programs from CGTN Radio. CGTN Radio. We invite you to visit us online for more audio, pictures, and in-depth reports. At radio.cgtn.com, you can access a wide range of programs and find your favorite news, talk, features, entertainment shows, and podcasts. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. This is special English. Daffodils and beauties. During the winter, many Chinese families tend to keep fresh flowers at home, and one popular choice is daffodils, or shui xian in Chinese, which literally means water fairy. As its Chinese name suggests, daffodils can grow in water, and its elegant flowers are like a beauty looking into the mirror with a curving neck. You may already know that the scientific name of daffodil is Narcissus, which was derived from the Greek god Narcissus, who was known for his beauty. It's said that when he looked into a pool and saw his own reflection, he immediately fell in love with the image in the water. He was so drawn to his own image. That he lost balance and drowned. The flower that sprang up where he died was given his name. That's why the word narcissism indicates self-love in English. In China, 
Daffodils have another nickname, Lingbo Xianzi, which means a fairy walking on ripples. Unlike the pretty young man in Greek mythology, Chinese daffodil related stories are mostly about beautiful women. In the third century, a Chinese scholar named Cao Zhi wrote an article describing a magic encounter with a goddess on the Luo River in central China. According to the article, the goddess walked gracefully on the river in many steps, creating ripples that looked like dust in the air. This description inspired Jin Yong, a renowned Chinese martial art legend writer, to create a formidable kung fu skill with a similar name in his novel. The Semi Gods and Semi Devils. One of the novel's main characters can easily shun any attack from his enemies after he mastered that skill. Huang Tingjian, a Chinese poet in the 11th century, loved daffodils and wrote many poems to express his love. In one poem, he described a scene. Where a fairy was gracefully walking on water under moonlight. From these literary descriptions, we can get the feeling that in China, the beauty of daffodils is associated with lightness and ethereal creatures. Chinese people have loved daffodils for thousands of years. Today, it is ranked among the top 10 most popular flowers in the country. And it has a lot of beautiful nicknames. Apart from the previously mentioned ones, other nicknames include Gold and Silver Platform and Yellow Jade Flower, as daffodil flowers have a trumpet shaped structure set against a star shaped background with white colored petals and a golden ring at the center. Daffodils have a long blooming period. They bud in midwinter and can last throughout the snowy seasons. It's not until spring that the blossoms start to wither. This is part of the reason why many Chinese households love to keep daffodils at home. If you're interested, see if you can find some daffodils in your local flower market. They will make lovely companions in the winter season. You're listening to Special English Temple Fairs. During the Spring Festival, people across China share a common folk custom going to the festive temple fairs. As the name suggests, these fairs take place at temples. It was originally a Chinese religious gathering. Held by a temple to worship Chinese gods and immortals. Large scale temple fairs are usually held around Chinese New Year time or in specific temples commemorating anniversaries of specific cultural and historic traditions. Over time, 
various activities were added to these temple fairs, including rituals celebrated in the temple, operas on a stage facing the temple, processions of the images of gods carried on carts throughout villages or cities, performances by musical and ritual troops, and also blessings of offerings brought to the temple by families. Additionally, various foods and snacks sold in temple fairs are also a huge draw, especially for the little ones. With time, some fixed forms have been added to temple fairs across the country, including three main parts, the sacrifice ceremony, the folk performances, and the market. In each temple, one or more gods or entities were believed to be enshrined there. On the day of a deity's anniversary, the most traditional and important ritual at temple fairs is putting statues of the gods on floats to be paraded around the temple. Though such ceremonies have become simplified nowadays in some places, it's still an important feature of temple fairs. Folk performances can include various categories such as Chinese operas, cross-talk shows, and magic shows. Due to the limited budget of some temple fairs, some places would offer puppet shows, which are comparatively easier and more economical to perform as compared to a live opera, for example. Another important part of the temple fair was the market. Peddlers usually take this opportunity to sell small toys and various objects for children and adults. In the old days, most of the products were exclusive for temple fairs. With the development of trade and economy, worshipping the gods at temple fairs has gradually become less dominant and has been replaced by markets selling commodities. Festivals differ according to location and local cultures. In the north, temple fairs are usually week-long, with ceremonies held in large temples and attended by tens of thousands of people, while in southern China, temple fairs tend to be more local and are organized by village temples or clusters of such from different villages. Over time, many new elements have been added to traditional temple fairs, such as business negotiations. However, displaying folk customs has always been a main feature of the temple fair. Take the Ditan Temple Fair, one of the most popular ones held at the Temple of Earth in Beijing as an example. Activities include the lion dance, traditional flower markets, modern dance, folk costume displays, photography and folk handicraft exhibitions, book sales, Beijing operas, 
martial arts, acrobatics, and so on. Temple fairs in modern days have integrated tourism, leisure, and entertainment, along with shopping and catering. With its origin as a religious ritual, the temple fair has developed into a local festival with more secular contents. You probably already have the sense that the focus has shifted from the temple to the fair after its evolution over the two millennia. But no matter what, visiting the temple fair is a fantastic choice during the festive days of the Chinese New Year, both for families and groups of friends. This is Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I will read one of the stories at normal speed. Please listen carefully. Daffodils and Beauties During the winter, many Chinese families tend to keep fresh flowers at home, and one popular choice is daffodils, or shui xian in Chinese, which literally means water fairy. As its Chinese name suggests, Daffodils can grow in water, and its elegant flowers are like a beauty looking into the mirror with a curving neck. You may already know that the scientific name of daffodil is Narcissus, which was derived from the Greek god Narcissus, who was known for his beauty. It's said that when he looked into a pool and saw his own reflection, he immediately fell in love with the image in the water. He was so drawn to his own image that he lost balance and drowned. The flower that sprang up where he died was given his name. That's why the word narcissism indicates self-love in English. In China, the daffodil has another nickname, Lingbo Xianzi, which means a fairy walking on ripples. Unlike the pretty young man in Greek mythology, Chinese daffodil-related stories are mostly about beautiful women. In the 3rd century, a Chinese scholar named Cao Zhi wrote an article describing a magic encounter with a goddess on the Luo River in central China. According to the article, the goddess walked gracefully on the water in many steps, creating ripples that looked like dust in the air. This description inspired Jin Yong, a renowned Chinese martial art legend writer, to create a formidable kung fu skill with a similar name in his novel, The Semi-Gods and Semi-Devils. One of the novel's main characters can easily shun any attack from his enemies after he mastered that skill. Huang Tingjian, a Chinese poet in the 11th century, loved daffodils and wrote many poems to express his love. In one poem, he described a scene where a fairy was gracefully walking on water under moonlight. From these literary descriptions, we can get the feeling that in China, the beauty of daffodils is associated with lightness, and ethereal creatures. Chinese people have loved daffodils for thousands of years. Today, it is ranked among the top 10 most popular flowers in the country, and it has a lot of beautiful nicknames. Apart from the previously mentioned ones, other nicknames include gold and silver platform and yellow jade flower, as daffodil flowers have a trumpet-shaped structure set against a star-shaped background with white-colored petals and a gold ring at the center. Daffodils have a long blooming period. They bud in midwinter and can last throughout the snowy seasons. It's not until spring that the blossoms start to wither. This is part of the reason why many Chinese households love to keep daffodils at home. If you're interested, 
See if you can find some daffodils in your local flower market. They'll make lovely companions in the winter season. This is the end of today's program. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. And last but not least, happy Spring Festival to all of you. I wish you an auspicious, healthy, and prosperous Chinese New Year. <laughs>